Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Exodus, chapter 32. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Remember, I told you that chapter 32 is a blot on the record of Israel. All of the events that happened in the nation of Israel are, uh, particularly in chapter 32, are mentioned and quoted throughout the Bible almost as much as the people being delivered from Israel or from Egypt. Uh, Chapter 32 uh, is significant in their history. And you remember in previous chapters, 1 through 31, God had Moses up on the mountain. Give me your attention. Had Moses up on the mountain, you remember. And uh, God was giving Moses instruction for life, for the tabernacle, for the priestly garment, the special clothing. And God was giving Moses the Ten Commandments. You remember that. And Moses had been up on the mountain for 40 days. Well, we pick up in chapter, let's kind of peruse chapter 32 to kind of bring you up to date. We pick up in verse 1 of chapter 32 and look at verse 1. If you're looking at it, say amen. Amen. And when the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, come make us gods that shall go before us, for as for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And Aaron said to them in verse 2, Break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, your sons, your daughters, and bring them to me. And so all the people broke off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hands, and he fashioned it with an engraving tool. He made a molded calf and then said, This is your God, O Israel, that brought you up out of the land of Egypt. How sad is that? So when Aaron saw it, he built an altar before it. Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. And then they rose up early on the next day, offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. And the people sat down to eat and drink. And underline this, they rose up to play. Now, in verses 7 through 15, give me your attention, the Lord says, step back, Moses, as a result of verses 1 through 6, God says, Moses, step back, I'm going to incinerate, burn the people, and start all over. God says, I took one man, Abraham, and I made him a great nation, and God says, I can do it again. So Moses pleaded with the Lord, 
and the Lord relented of the harm that he was going to do. So Moses begins his journey down the mountain carrying the two tablets of stone where you with us last time. And Joshua and Moses, they get near the camp. Remember the story? They get near the camp, and Joshua says, it sounds like a war going on. And Moses said, no, it doesn't sound like the noise of war. It sounds like a party going on. And when they came near the camp, they saw a golden calf and people dancing naked around the calf. So we pick up in verse 19. And so it was, as soon as he came near the camp, that he saw the calf and the dancing. So Moses' anger became hot, and he cast the tablets out of his hands and broke them at the foot of the mountain. And then he took the calf which he had made and burned it in the fire, ground it to powder, and he scattered it on the water. And he made the children of Israel drink it. Moses was something else. And Moses said to Aaron in verse 21, What did this people do to you that you have brought so great a sin upon them? Or in the Hebrew, what are you thinking? So Aaron said, Do not let the anger of my Lord become hot. You know the people. They are set to do evil. For they said to me, Make us gods that they shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us up out of the land of Egypt, we don't know what has become of him. And I said to them, whosoever has any gold, let them break it off. And so they gave it to me, Aaron said, and I cast it in the fire. And I don't know what happened. This calf came out. (laughs) Stop right there. Give me your attention. (laughs) Moses, listen, he got to the camp. He saw the dancing, the golden calf. He was hot. He was so angry that he threw the two tablets down and Moses broke the law of God. Now watch this. Moses took the calf. Were you with us? I think it's worthy to be pointed out again. Moses took the calf and he burned it in the fire, which tells us, listen, if you can burn your God, then you have the wrong God. Somebody say amen. Amen. Say it again. If you can ground your God to powder, guess what? You have the wrong God. Did you notice what he did? If you can scatter your God on the water, somebody help me, you have the wrong God. And then Moses, did you get this, made the children of Israel drink it. If you can drink your God, somebody help me, you have the wrong God. My goodness. So then in the story, Aaron began to offer a series of excuses. Well, Moses, you know how evil the people are, right? And I, I get the impression that Aaron was just kind of scratching his head. And You know when, you, when you're lying and nervous. Oh, I'm, I'm in church. I'm sorry. I know it's none of you guys. But, you know, when you're telling a story and you're nervous, he's like, well, you know, um, you know Moses, um, you know how evil the people are. And, uh, you know... What happened was, uh, they said to me, you know, that, you know, that you've been gone for so long, Mo, where you been, man? And we didn't know what to do, and we didn't know whether you were coming back or not, so I, I asked the people to give me some gold, and I threw the gold in the fire, and poof, this calf came out. 
And Moses is like, what do I look, stupid? He probably said, don't answer that. And so he began to offer a series of excuses. Look at verse 25. That's where we pick up tonight. In verse 25, now when Moses saw that the people were unrestrained, would you underline that in your neighbor's Bible? Go ahead, I'll wait. That's important. The people were unrestrained, for Aaron had not restrained them to their shame among their enemies. And then Moses stood in the entrance of the camp and he said, would you underline this? Matter of fact, read it with me. Whoever is on the Lord's side, come to me. And all the sons of Levi, the priestly tribe, they gathered themselves together to him. And he said to them, thus says the Lord God of Israel, let every man put his sword on his side and go in and out from the entrance to entrance throughout the camp. And let every man kill his brother and every man his companion and every man his neighbor. And so the sons of Levi, they did according to the words of Moses And about 3,000 men of the people fell that day. And then Moses said, now consecrate, that word means set aside, make holy yourselves today to the Lord, that he may bestow on you a blessing this day, for every man has opposed his son and his brother. Stop right there, saints. Give me your attention. Listen, there are four words in this text that pretty much tell what the problem is. What are they, Rodney? The people were unrestrained. They were unrestrained. You know, doesn't that sound like Stephen mentioned tonight? I was kind of blown away as he mentioned the book of Judges. We hadn't talked today. We, got, we gathered for prayer tonight before they started worship. But we hadn't talked. And he mentions the book of Judges which this text, the people were unrestrained, those four words actually also describe the book of Judges. Were you with us? In the book of Judges, the Bible says the people did what was right in their own eyes. In other words, the people were unrestrained. They did whatever they thought they wanted to do, what was right in their own eyes. In Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, it says this, There is a way that seems right to man, but the end is the way of death. There's a way that seems right unto man, but the end is the way of death. The people hadn't seen Moses in many days, and they were doing whatever seemed right in their own eyes. So watch this. This was a time when there, because they hadn't seen Moses, Because their faith was waning. Listen, where there is a decline in faith, whenever there is a decline in faith, there will be a decline in morality. Does that sound like the U.S. of A? Whenever there is a decline in faith, there is a decline in morality. The Bible tells us in verse 6, I had you underline it, The people rose up to play. Did you see it? Look at it again. The people rose up to play. Listen, that's not talking about basketball. They didn't rise up to play basketball. When the Bible says that the people rose up to play, in the Hebrew language that literally speaks of, and this is kind of hard for the young ears, but it speaks of sexual 
immorality, unrestrained, drunken orgies. The people rose up to play. Listen, and what was true of Israel is true of any nation, any country, any culture. Where there is a decline in faith, there will be a decline in morality. And where there is a decline in morality, people will leave the consciousness of God. And where people leave the consciousness of God, they will feel free to do whatever they want to do. Take your Bibles and turn to Romans chapter 1 really quick. Romans chapter 1. Turn quick because I'm running out of time. Romans chapter 1. Doesn't it sound just like it? Listen in Romans 1. Romans chapter 1. For the wrath of God in verse 18. Look at verse 18. You're looking at it, say amen. amen. For the wrath of God is revealed or unveiled from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of this world, of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that every man is without excuse. Because although they knew God, in verse 21, they did not glorify him as God, nor were they thankful. But what happened? They became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, what happened, saints? They became fools. And they changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. And therefore God gave them up to uncleanness. You see, because they lost the consciousness of God. God gave them up to uncleanness in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their own bodies among themselves who exchanged the truth of God for the lie. I preached about that in Romans 1. Get the CD. I want to do it now, but I can't. They exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. And for this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. And likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one for another, men working with men with men committing what is shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to, some of your Bible says, a reprobate or a debased mind to do those things which are not fitting being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who, knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death and not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. Doesn't that sound like our culture today? That was the book of Judges. That is what's going on here in Exodus chapter 32. 
So when Moses, listen, saw the people were unrestrained, Moses stood in the gate, we just read it, in verse 27, the gate of the camp, or actually in verse 26, he stood in the gate of the camp and he asked a very important question. Did you see that? Who is on the Lord's side? Listen, here's a freebie for you preachers. Listen, here's a freebie for you. That's a great sermon. That is a great title for a sermon. Who is on the Lord's side? And isn't that a great question for us to ask ourselves tonight? Who is on the Lord's side? Some of y'all ain't raising your hand. I might have to pray. I might have to pray. Should we have an altar call right now? I'm going to do this again. Y'all were asleep. Who is on the Lord's side? Woo, thank you, Jesus. I thought I was going to have to do an altar call right now. That's a great, great question. And notice he's not asking who's willing to come to church. Amen. He's not asking who's willing to serve in the church or who's willing to give some money or who's willing to lead the congregation in worship. He says, who is on the Lord's side? You see, the problem with Israel, listen, was that although Israel was out of Egypt, Egypt was not out of Israel. Egypt represents the world. And they still, they brought a lot of the world out of Egypt with them. So Moses says, who's on the Lord's side? Come stand over here. And the tribe of Levi went and they stood by Moses. And Moses says, take your sword in your hand and go through the camp and from gate to gate and kill every man his brother, kill every man his neighbor. Who is on the Lord's side, Moses is saying, and willing to do what needs to be done. And they went through the camp and they killed friends and family and relatives and they did what had to be done. There needed to be a purging. Doesn't that make you think of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12? The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the, of the soul and the spirit. The word of God. You know, sometimes you got to say to people, you got to care enough about people to tell them the truth. You see that? And sometimes it hurts. And sometimes it might make you mad. It might make them mad. And you may feel a little cut when you're done. But the fact is, you need to tell people the truth. And people need to hear it and they need to deal with it. And so here in our text, only the tribe of Levi was willing to do that, and 3,000 fell that day. Listen, before I move on, isn't this interesting? The day the law was coming down from the mountain in the hand of Moses, 3,000 died because of sin. Get this. The day the Spirit of God came down in Acts chapter 2, 3,000 got saved. What do we learn from that? We learn the Bible tells us, listen, the law brings forth death, but the Spirit brings forth life. The law came by Moses, but grace and truth came by who? Jesus Christ. Look at verse 30. Now it came to pass on the next day that Moses said to the people, you have committed a great sin, so now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement, that means a covering. That's the Hebrew word kofar, K-O-F-A-R. It means to cover, not take away, but to cover. 
I will make an atonement for your sin. And then Moses returned to the Lord and said, All these people have committed a great sin, and they have made for themselves a God of gold. Yet now, if you will forgive their sin, but if not, I pray, get this, blot me out of your book which you have written. And the Lord said to Moses, Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot him out of my book. Listen, that tells us this teaching about generational curses in the church. The Bible does not teach that. Have you heard that teaching, anybody? Generational curses? That says that it's a teaching, a real popular teaching out there. I'm glad many of you haven't heard it. But it says that if, 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 if your mother, your father was a certain way and they were involved in certain things, that those sins of your parents can be passed down generationally and you can be cursed. Listen, Christian, you can't be blessed and cursed at the same time. Amen. More than 10 people say amen. amen. You can't be blessed and cursed at the same time. You are either blessed or cursed. And me personally, I choose to be blessed. Amen. Some of y'all didn't wave at me. Amen. The brother back there going, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, man, me too. Did you see what God said? God said, I will blot him out of my book. Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot them out of my book. Therefore, go, lead the people to the place of which I have spoken to you. Behold, my angel shall go before you. Nevertheless, in the day when I visit for punishment... I will visit upon them for their sin. And so the Lord plagued the people because of what Moses did with the calf which Aaron had made. Stop right there saying, so Moses said to the people, you have committed a sin. And again, we've talked about this. The reason they've committed a sin is not only because they were worshiping a false god and had created this image of God. That's not the only reason they've, they've committed a great sin. Another reason they've committed a great sin is because they knew better. Because God had already done so much in their lives. God had delivered them from Egypt. Are you listening? God had delivered them from Egypt. They saw the miracles that God did prior to them leaving Egypt. The frogs and the lice and the water turning into blood. And then they, they march out of Egypt and, 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 and God opens the Red Sea and Pharaoh's coming behind and they walk through on dry ground. And then they get to the other side and they look back and they see Pharaoh's army chasing them and they drown in the Red Sea. They get into the wilderness and God takes care of them in miraculous ways. God provided water from a rock. That's a miracle. When's the last time you've seen water come from a rock? That's a miracle. And God gave them manna from heaven. One scholar once said the manna would have had to be about 40 tons per day. Every single day they wake up in the morning and there's 40 tons of manna. And they made all kinds of dishes. They made manicotti. I'll stop. <laughs> but God was good. That's my point. And they forgot about the goodness of God. 
And that's a sin against God. And don't you understand, when God does a work in your life, you listening? When God does a work in your life and you forget about that work, that's a sin against God. I've seen so many people, God has blessed them, God has saved them, God has anointed them, God has washed them, God has cleansed them, God has set them on a straight path. Somebody once said, he took my feet out of the miry clay and placed it on a rock to stay. God's done all of these things and then so many years get by and Satan starts pulling you back out in the world. Satan starts getting your attention again with this, that, or the other. Satan knows your weakness. If your weakness is money, Satan knows, put things before you to make you go, hmm. <laughs> if your weakness is women or sex, drugs, rock and roll, Elvis, I don't care what it is. <laughs> Some folks are weakness is Elvis. I don't understand. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.